Happy Monday, everyone. Welcome to Talk Bookish to Me, the podcast where readers gather to talk about books, share recommendations, and chase that five-star feeling. I'm your host, Gwen, and today I'm joined by Liv to share a list of books we think would make the perfect gift for everyone on your holiday shopping list this season. We have some really good recs for you. Hey everyone, I'm so happy to be here. I'm Olivia, or Liv from Liv's Library. Um, I used to be primarily on Bookstagram, but I've been on Booktube as well for around three years now. I create reading vlogs with a little bit of lifestyle mixed in, as well as your usual book content like recommendations and TBRs. I read just about anything, but fantasy has a big place in my heart since that's what I grew up reading. And I've also really gotten into mystery thrillers a lot, especially in the past year. But yeah, thanks so much for having me. If you are looking for a cozy booktuber to watch, Liv's Library is my go-to. I just love your aesthetic, love your lifestyle, and I'm just, your photos on Bookstagram. I mean, guys, you just need to go follow her. All of her information is going to be linked in the show notes. To get us started, I have a few questions I ask all of my guests. Um, What's the last book you gave five stars to? Oh my goodness. I have had such a good reading month in November. This was so hard to narrow down, (laughs) but I would have to choose Legends and Lattes by Travis Baldry. There's this new genre called cozy fantasy that people have been talking about, and I've been seeing this book around a lot, and I was like, okay, well, I love fantasy. I'm just going to give it a shot, and I'm so glad I did because I was pleasantly surprised by how much I loved it. It's basically about an orc named Viv who is hanging up her sword for the last time because she wants just a slower pace of life. She decides to open a first-ever coffee shop in a city where no No one has any idea what coffee even is, but the true rewards of the uncharted path are the travelers and the characters that you meet along the way, and drawn together by ancient magic, there's pastries, there's brewed cups of coffee, there's people that become partners, but more like family. Um, The characters in this book were so cute, and the cozy coffee vibes were everything. If you're a coffee lover, and even if you don't love fantasy, this was just a very simple slice of life fantasy that just feels like a big warm hug, especially for the winter, and I absolutely adored it. So what book has been on your TBR the longest, and why haven't you read it yet? This is also another super hard question, because as a book nerd, I feel like there's just so many books out there and so many books that we're constantly putting off. (laughs) I would have to say, honestly, the one that still shocks me the most is The Book Thief. Like, I watched the movie as a kid, but I'm scared it won't live up to the hype. I feel like that happens a lot when you watch the movie before the book. And it also made me cry. And I'm not usually in the mood to read books that make me cry. (laughs) So I'm, like, scared I'm not going to love it. But, like, also, I think I'm really going to. So it's just one of those books that I need to just read. And it's a classic. So... Yeah, I might have to check that out. So the next one is like, pick your poison. Who is your favorite author or what's your favorite book? Oh my goodness. Another hard one. I was like, how am I supposed to narrow this down? My favorite book series of all time, which is probably no surprise being a fantasy reader, obviously Harry Potter. There's no better classic than Harry Potter. But as far as authors go, I feel like Alice Feeney really became an autobi author for me this past year with mystery thrillers. So I would say she's a top, a top author for me too. So what's your favorite book by her? Do you have a favorite? I love Rock, Paper, Scissors. That's, that's a good winter book. Um, Daisy Darker is probably my favorite. Oh, that one was great too. Absolutely. Yeah, I like... I'm really into like coastal towns, any place around water. (laughs) So I'm like, yes, take me there. All right. So I'm currently reading The Reckless Oath We Made by Bryn Greenwood. When my friend Jessie came um, to visit me recently, she spotted this at one of the bookstores and I snapped it up because I haven't read anything else by the author since All the Ugly and Wonderful Things. Now this book is chunky, y'all. And I'm not usually like... If it's over 300 pages, maybe 350 pages, like max, I'm kind of like, 
does the book really need to be that long? And this one's like 400 plus pages. Like I think it's like 430 something. So I can't even believe I was like, okay, I'll take a chance on this. But, um, and also I'm just really itching to read holiday books. Um, but I'm determined to finish this before moving on to holiday books. Um, and I'm really liking it. And I also don't like um, character-driven stories as much as I do plot-driven stories. And Bryn Greenwood writes these really like quirky characters, but like in the best way possible, almost like they feel like real people. Um, so I'm really liking the story so far. It follows Z, a hot-tempered, gritty Kansas woman living on the edge, and Gentry, an autistic man obsessed with medieval chivalry, and they team up in an unforgettable heroic quest to rescue her abducted sister. And he speaks in this like old English Shakespearean language all the time. Like that is his mode <laughs> of language. And it's just, it's so different yeah. and so like heartwarming and wholesome at the same time. So he feels like he's her champion. So he has to protect her at all costs. And it's just... <laughs> It's so cute. I just, I don't know. I'm surprised that I'm flying through it as quick as I am, number one. And then I'm like, even though it is very character heavy, there is still a plot. So I think that's why I'm really enjoying it. But um, are you currently reading anything? Yes. Speaking of holiday reads, I started my first one last night. I couldn't help myself. <laughs> it's like, I'm doing it. And it is literally called Holiday Romance by Katherine Walsh. I feel like no one has read this book. I haven't seen anyone talk about it, but this is a friends to lovers festive holiday romance. It's perfect for fans of Christina Lauren. And personally, I think Emily Henry too. I know a lot of people love Emily Henry, but the banter in this book is very similar to Emily Henry. But basically, Molly and Andrew are trying to get home to Ireland for the holidays, but there's a freak snowstorm that grounds their flight. Nothing romantic has ever happened between them though, but once a year for the last 10 years, they sit together on the last flight before Christmas from Chicago to Dublin. The two of them couldn't be any different. Molly just can't even be bothered with Christmas, doesn't care, she hates it, but Andrew is like this fanatic that loves the festive season, he wears all of these like crazy Christmas sweaters, the descriptions are just so hilarious, and she knows how much going back to Ireland means to him because he loves Christmas, so instead of doing the same thing and just celebrating in America together, she vows to try everything she can to get him home, and this is the perfect perfect first holiday read of the season for me because it's not too overly Christmas but it's still fast paced and I'm just in love with the characters and the banter and I love it <laughs> I'm obsessed it sounds like a Christmas version of people we meet on vacation about like the 10 years yeah. they've been friends for so long it's so good <laughs> I love a slow romance build up I'm not you know insta love or the too cheesy romance I just st started getting into romance this year so this one's just perfect for me. I love it. So as we know, holiday shopping can be stressful, but we're here to make the job a whole lot easier. I think books make great gifts. So today we're going to share a list we believe would make bet the best gifts for your friends and family this holiday season. It's nice to know up front, of course, if they're a reader and what genres they prefer, but sometimes it's nice to shake things up a little bit too. So we're going to start with the moms. What do you think books would be good for moms? So for this, I had two, and these are two of my all-time favorite books. <laughs> One of them you may already be familiar with, which is Where the Crawdads Sing by Delia Owens. There's a movie, and if you don't know anything about it, I will just tell you a little bit about it now. For years, rumors of the Marsh Girl have haunted Barkley Cove, which is a quiet town on the North Carolina coast, actually not too far from me where I live. So in the late 1969, when handsome Chase Andrews is found dead, the locals immediately suspect Kaya, who is called the Marsh Girl. She has survived for years alone in the marsh that she calls home, but she finds friends and animals and just the nature around her. 
But when two young men from town become intrigued by her beauty, Kaya opens herself to a whole new life until something crazy happens, which I'm not going to tell you what that is. <laughs> um, Where the Crawdads Sing is a heartbreaking coming-of-age story, but it's also a surprising tale of possible murder. And this is just such a heartbreaking story, but I feel like so many people love this story because it's relatable and there's just, it's, it's a hard topic to talk about and see and watch, especially in the movie. It was hard to see come to life, but I feel like this one would just be really great for a mom or a female in general, so... I love that recommendation. And I think it would also be fun if you do like buy your mom the book and she actually reads it and then you could watch the movie together. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm currently trying to get my mom to do. So I was like, this is just perfect. I have to say this one. Uh, but the other one, which is actually also soon to be a movie, I don't typically read historical fiction much, but this one really hit home for me. It's called The Nightingale by Kristen Hanna. And this book is about two sisters. It takes place in France in 1939, and the oldest sister says goodbye to her husband when a German captain takes over her home. She and her daughter must live with the enemy or lose everything. Without food or money or hope, as danger escalates all around them, she is forced to make one impossible choice after another to keep her family alive. And then we also have the youngest sister, Isabel, and she's this like rebellious 18-year-old teenage girl, and she's searching for a purpose with all of her recklessness and her youthfulness. Um, but while thousands of Parisians march into the unknown terrors of war, she meets a partisan who believes the French can fight the Nazis from within France. And of course, she ends up falling in love with him. But when he betrays her, Isabel joins the resistance and she never looks back. So she risks her life time and time again to save others. But in this book, Kristen Hanna really just captures World War II and touches on an aspect of history I feel like we don't often see, which is the role that women played in the war. So this is just an emotional roller coaster. <laughs> Those are great recommendations. I also have two. So the first one is called Killers of a Certain Age by Deanna Rayborn. And I loved this one so much. Um, it follows four female friends in their 60s who are retiring from their work as assassins, which I know sounds so crazy, but this friend group, it's so cute. All their lives, they have worked for an international organization known as the Museum that takes out marks given to them by the board. And they become really good at their job. And now the four of them are set setting sail on an all-expenses-paid cruise to mark the retirement. So as they're on the cruise, they recognize someone and they know that they're being targeted. They're like, if this person's on the cruise... They're after us. So they have to think quickly on their feet and rely on their experience and each other to make it out alive. Now, I will say that this book is not set up for like a sequel, but I really hope she writes a oh. sequel. I would <laughs> die for a sequel to this book. It is so cute. Like the banter between these old ladies. I can only imagine. And it's just, it's so, like, it's wild. And there's like a leader of the group that I really identify with. And I'm like, Yes. yes. So <laughs> I love that. I love it so much. And now, okay, my next recommendation, okay, guys, I got taught a lesson this year about books. So I have not heard great things about this book in general. Like across the board, people that have read it are like, eh, not so great. But I'm here to tell you, I rated this book five stars. Me and my friend Nikki Buddy read this book and we both loved it. So it's One Italian Summer by Rebecca Searley. And in this one, it kind of starts off a little sad. So you have Katie, who is absolutely grieving in the worst possible way. Her whole world is rocked by her mom's death. To make matters worse, the mother-daughter trip to Italy they were supposed to take looms on the horizon, and now Katie must embark on the adventure alone. It should give her time to, like, clear her head and decide how she feels about her marriage and how she wants to, like, move forward without her mother, who is her best friend. As soon as she arrives, she feels her mother's spirit, and she knows that she made the right move to take the trip. 
And then somehow Katie bumps into a 30-year-old version of her mother, Carol. Over the course of her time in Italy, she gets to know her mother in a new way. And it's part love story, part moving on after a devastating loss. It's a story about the people we love truly never leaving us. So if you've heard bad things, give it a chance. It's pretty short and you might love it. Um, and I think moms would love it because it has that mother-daughter relationship. So if anything, go into it for the food. I agree. Absolutely. I love that part of the book. Um, okay. So we've covered mom. Let's talk about dad. Um, any recommendations for the dads? This one was probably the hardest for me. <laughs> I did not know what to choose, but for some reason, I watched this Hulu series with Amanda Seyfried and absolutely was intrigued by it. And so there's a book called Bad Blood, Secrets and Lies in a Silicon Valley Startup that I think would be extremely intriguing. Feels like a thriller to me. So I feel like this book would definitely be very fast paced. But basically in 2014, there was a company called Theranos and the CEO Elizabeth Holmes was widely seen as the next Steve Jobs, a brilliant Stanford dropout who's startup promised to revolutionize the medical industry with its breakthrough device, which performed the whole range of laboratory tests from just one single drop of blood. And backed by investors, Theranos sold shares in a fundraising round that valued the company at more than $9 billion, putting Holmes worth at an estimated $4.5 billion. But there's just one problem. The technology didn't actually work. <laughs> which is crazy. So wrong results put patients in danger, of course, and that led to unnecessary treatments and all sorts of chaos. All the while, Holmes and her partner worked to silence anyone who voiced misgivings, from journalists to even their own employees. I just could not believe how long that they got away with this with a machine that didn't even work. And they convinced all of these people. It was so scary. <laughs> So funny enough, I also have a nonfiction rec. Um, this might be one of my favorite books of the year. It's American Kingpin, The Epic Manhunt for the Criminal Mastermind Behind the Silk Road by Nick Bilton. And this is also a movie, but it doesn't go as in depth as the book does. You have to, I was obsessed, like borderline Googling every five pages obsessed with this book. Um, so if you don't know anything about like what the Silk Road is or anything about the story, the Silk Road was once an ancient trade route through Asia. But in 2011, a young man named Ross Albrich used the moniker for a new enterprise that the internet had never seen a dark website where everything from drugs to guns to passports could be bought and sold. Lots of stuff. I mean, it, it is crazy. And if you like Google it, there's like pictures. So you're like, whoa. Um, this was the new Silk Road. So Ulbridge was an extreme libertarian who never imagined his revolutionary new free market enterprise would become a billion dollar empire or that he would be sought by multiple agencies of law enforcement over the coming years. And I'm thinking, really, dude, you didn't you didn't think that you didn't think that far through. Um, so American Kingpin takes us back in time from Ulbrich's early failures to becoming the dread pirate Roberts, the name he adopted to hide himself online. We see how a small pink pill in an anonymous envelope caught the eye of a low-level Homeland Security employee and became the catalyst for federal agency power struggles and cops who became criminals over the course of a massive manhunt for someone they weren't even sure existed. The cast of characters involved, those who Ulbrich enlisted to aid him, and those who worked to bring him down are a fascinating mix of personalities, but none more so than dread pirate Roberts himself. American Kingpin, it's an addictive reading experience, and whether or not you're already familiar with The Silk Road, by the time this book ends, you will most likely want to know even more about the dark web and Bitcoin and the legacy of the world's largest on online retailer of illegal goods. Low-key obsessed. <laughs> that sounds amazing. <laughs> Another great book I think dads would love, um, Billy Summers by Stephen King. 
I haven't heard like many people talking about this one as they do like uh, Stephen King's horror stuff, but I was obsessed with this book. It's my favorite Stephen King to date. Um, Billy Summers is a crime fiction novel with the one last job trope. Um, I still haven't read any of King's horror stories, but this satisfied me in ways I didn't even know it would. Billy is a retired Iraq war sniper who puts his post-battle skills to use as a hitman for hire, but he's a hitter with a heart of gold because he only takes jobs to take out bad people. In the beginning of the story, it's all about Billy accepting his $2 million one last job. Um, and he's given a new identity, a place to stay, a place to work, a backstory, all of that. Um, the job is to take out a bad man um, that's in jail, but should be showing up for his arraignment at the courthouse sometime within the next few days, weeks, or months. They don't really give him a timeline. They're just, you're going to hang out until this happens. So Billy starts settling into his new identity and part of his cover story is that he's an author. So we also get to read the story that Billy starts writing and it's autobiographical. So we get to know Billy's real background as he's working to build his new one. Um, not quite halfway into the story, the narrative shifts away from what I was expecting. And I was so pleasantly surprised and I enjoyed it so much. It includes another character um, that's introduced and I just fell in love with the story from there. Um, even though Billy is clearly living a morally questionable life, I couldn't help but root for him. So I recommend this to readers, dads, everybody. <laughs> so sisters, do you have sisters, Liz? I have three. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Are they older or younger? Uh, they are all three younger than me. And then there's quite an age gap between the other two. <laughs> this was also really hard to narrow down for me as well because I have younger sisters, but also older sisters as well. So my number one recommendation though, definitely had to be Finley Donovan is Killing It by El Cosimano because this is just such a fun wild ride and it's a series as well so you could also get the whole series if you wanted but if you don't know anything about this this is about Finley who is a stressed out single mom of two and also a struggling novelist she's overheard discussing the plot of her new suspense novel with her agent over lunch and she's mistaken for for a contract killer and inadvertently accepts an offer to dispose of a problem husband in order to make ends meet. Soon, Finley discovers that crime in real life is a lot more difficult than its fictional counterpart as she becomes tangled in a real-life murder investigation. I am obsessed with this series, so I had to recommend it. Another good one for sisters would definitely have to be book lovers by emily henry because this reminded me so much of the sister dynamic that i have with my sister and this one is about nora stevens whose life is all about books she reads them all and she is not that type of heroine in books though she's not the laid-back dream girl and especially not the sweetheart the only people nora is a heroine for are for her clients for whom she lands enormous deals as a cutthroat literary agent and her beloved sister Libby of course which is why she agrees to go to Sunshine Falls in North Carolina when her sister begs her for a sister's getaway trip but instead of picnics in meadows or run-ins with a handsome country doctor Nora keeps bumping into Charlie Lastra who is a bookish brooding editor from back in the city go figure. It would be a meet cute if not for the fact that they've met many times and it's never been cute in the past. As they're thrown together again and again, what they discover might just unravel the carefully crafted stories they've written about themselves. One summer, two rivals, and a plot twist that they didn't see coming. This book just has a lot of humor in it, and like I said, it reminds me so much of my own sister. So I feel like a lot of people could relate to this one too. The first one is The Dead Romantics by Ashley Poston. I fell in love with this story. And um, this one is about Florence Day, a ghost writer from one of the most prolific romance authors in the industry. And she's on her way to meet her new editor. She's unsure if they know that she's a ghost writer um, because most people think she's just like 
an apprentice or an assistant to the author. She's also asking for yet another extension on her deadline. So her new editor is Benji Andor, and he does not give her an extension on the deadline. Um, so tasked with turning in the book the following day, which like, I'm like, wow, quick turnaround. <laughs> Florence has no idea how to finish up the manuscript. Um, instead, she gets pulled away from the city and she's summoned home to help her family bury her beloved father. Um, then a ghost shows up at the family's funeral parlor and Florence does what she's always done best. She talks to the ghost and tries to help them wrap up any unfinished business. This book is so dreamy and so cozy, but also quirky and heartfelt and it packs a lot of emotion and it does have like family dynamics in it. I think almost like, you know, any like your mom, your sister, your cousin, give them this book because I think it could be read in any season and it's just got like romance in it but it, the family dynamics, but also sadness. There's just so much in this story. And it's set in a small town. It's like starts in the city, but it goes to a small town. Like, I just love this one. Before I saw what your answer was or what your recommendation was, I had this in my mind and I was like, oh shoot, she already said it. So <laughs> I second this recommendation a lot. Hardcore. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, and I mean, one of my favorite books of the year, and then this is also a favorite book of the year, Part of Your World by Abby Jimenez. Please do not sleep on this book, you guys. At its core, it's a romance between Alexis Montgomery, a sophisticated city girl, and Daniel Grant, a ridiculously handsome do-gooder. There is an age gap, but Alexis quickly gets over it, and it doesn't bother Daniel at all. They live two completely different lives. She's an ER doctor living in the city two hours away from Daniel, and Daniel is the mayor of a small, tight-knit community that hangs out at the VFW, Veterans of Foreign Affairs bar for fun. And Alexis happens to be passing through the town on her way home from a three-day reunion and funeral when she swerves to miss a raccoon and careens into a shallow embankment on the side of the road. And while she's awaiting help, she calls her best friend back home and they're chatting away. And then Daniel arrives on the scene and helps tow her out of the ditch. Afterwards, they separately end up at the VFW, Alexis to get something to eat and Daniel to hang out with his friends. At the end of the night, they end up leaving the bar together, even though they both claim, I never do this, and no funny business. There's funny business, like if you get my drift. Um, while I can't say it shifts away from the romance um, at any point, it brings to light some very real concerns about a family's expectations and the impact that that has on somebody. It also has themes of abuse, both physical and mental. While those aren't necessarily fun topics to read about, it rounded out the story and made it more believable. I have friends that never read like romance before get into romance because of this book because they don't like the cutesy hallmarky romance like I do. And I think this has a mix of cutesy hallmarky small town Gilmore Girls like, you know, romance, but it also has like her being an ER doctor, her family all are doctors. They have a lot of expectations of her and what she's supposed to do with her life. So it's like romance with heavy topics and it's really great. So love that one. Okay, so brother, I don't, I have some adoptive brothers, but I never like grew up with them. So I did have a little bit of a hard time. Do you have brothers? I do not. So I had a harder time with this one too. Okay, okay, but I think we got some good ones. <laughs> so what are you recommending? So the first one is called Scythe by Neil Schusterman. And this is also a trilogy. So you could also buy the whole series if you wanted to. But this is set in a dystopian world where two teens must learn the art of killing. So in this world, there's no hunger, no disease, no war, no misery. Humanity has basically conquered all those things. And it's even conquered death. So there are people called scythes who are the only ones who are allowed to end life or can end life, and they are commanded to do so in order to keep the size of the population under control. Super scary to think about. <laughs> mm -hmm. But we have two main characters named Citra and Rowan who are chosen to be apprentices to a scythe, but it's a role that neither of them wants responsibility of. I mean, I don't know who would. But these teens must master the art of taking life, knowing 
knowing that the consequence of failure could mean losing their own life. This series had me on the edge of my seat, flipping pages late into the night, and I feel like it's just such high action that any male would really enjoy this one. And it is young adult, but there's some gruesome things in this book, so... <laughs> Yeah, I also had to recommend another high action-packed fantasy book, which a lot of people I'm sure have heard about. It's Six of Crows by Lee Bardugo. And in this series, we have Ketterdam, which is a bustling hub of international trade where anything can be had for the right price. And no one knows that better than criminal prodigy Kaz Brecker. He is offered a chance at a deadly heist that could make him rich beyond his wildest dreams, but obviously he can't pull it off alone. So he is grouped together with five other dangerous outcasts, including a convict out for revenge and a spy known as the Wraith. It's a very interesting, unique cast of characters that I love. But his crew is the only thing that might stand between the world and destruction, but only if they don't kill each other first. Um, okay, so I also did kind of like fast-paced books for this as well. So we have The Passengers by John Mars. This is like eight self driven cars set on a collision course. Who lives, who dies, you decide. When someone hacks into the systems of eight self-driven cars, their passengers are set on a fatal collision course. So we live in a world where this happens. Everybody has a Tesla, basically. <laughs> and they're hacked into. So we have passengers that are a TV star, a pregnant young woman, a disabled war hero, an abused wife fleeing her husband, an illegal immigrant, a husband and a wife and parents of two who are traveling in separate vehicles, and a suicidal man. Now the public have to judge who should survive, but are the passengers all that they seem? So it's kind of like their secrets start coming to life. So the hacker hacks into the cars and says, now you're in this deadly game. The public's going to decide which one of you survive and which one doesn't. And it gets wild and crazy. Terrifying. <laughs> That's all I can really say. <laughs> I mean, absolutely terrifying. Um, another book that I was obsessed with this year, Rabbits by Terry Miles. And this is based on the, Rob the Rabbits podcast. Haven't listened to the Rabbits podcast. Sorry. <laughs> I still am trying to, though. I keep saying, like, ooh, one day I need to listen to that podcast. But so you don't have to have listened to the podcast to read this book. But you might want to after reading the book. So this is like a conspiracies book. And I love conspiracies. So conspiracies abound in this surreal and yet all too real techno thriller that was a new term for me. It's like sci-fi thriller in which a deadly underground alternative reality game might just be altering reality itself. And it's set in the same world as the popular Rabbits podcast. Obsessed with this book. So interesting. It's like, have you ever had that moment like where you start seeing patterns and things like you look at the clock and it's like 3.33 and then you go to Starbucks and you buy something and it comes out to like $3.33. And then, you know, you go down the street and the speed limit's like 30 miles an hour. You start seeing these threes everywhere. Well, they say that this is like part of this game. All right, so we've covered the basics. Mom, dad, brother, sister. Now let's talk about extended family. I couldn't name everybody, guys, because we might be here all day. Cousins, nieces, nephews, like whatever. So we're just going to go extended family. What do you have to recommend to us? So for this one, I chose The Humans by Matt Haig, which I feel like is a bunch of different genres wrapped into one. You have sci-fi, you have thriller, you have literary. So I feel like it could just span the horizon of all different kinds of family members. And this one is about an extraterrestrial visitor who arrives on Earth, and his first impressions of the human species are less than positive. Taking 
in the form of Professor Andrew Martin, a mathematician at Cambridge University, the visitor is eager to complete the gruesome task assigned to him and hurry home to his utopian planet. He is disgusted by the way humans look, what they eat, their capacity for murder and war, and is equally baffled by the concepts of love and family. But as time goes on, he starts to realize there may be more to this strange species than he had thought. Slowly, unexpectedly, he forges bonds with Martin's family, he begins to see hope and beauty in the human's imperfection, and begins to question the very mission that brought him there. And this is just an unlikely story about human nature and the joy found in the messiness of life on Earth. And I feel like this book was just pointing fingers at me the whole time because there was so many relatable quotes and this just this book just really stands out to me like it's a book that's gonna stick with me for a long time i'm so happy that you said that because i recently bought this book did you (laughs) yeah i've never read it i've always i mean i've heard about it for you know a few years but i've just never like been called to like pick it up recently that call happened and now i have it so i'm so excited to read it now (laughs) it's also just really funny and the little things that this extraterrestrial alien pulls out of just the simplicity of life I feel like things we don't notice was just like oh you know my life isn't all that bad (laughs) so this is just a really good one all right so I have two recommendations the first is a flicker in the dark by Stacey Willingham and this follows Chloe Davis a psychologist in Baton Rouge who still struggles with her past yet is about to be married when Chloe was 12 years old six teenage girls went missing in her small hometown and her father was convicted of the crimes and was put away for life as Chloe starts preparing for her wedding some 20 years after her father was put behind bars A new young teen goes missing, causing terrifying thoughts and memories to play Chloe about her past. I have recommended this on the podcast before. Highly recommend. But this next book, though, this is like The Humans. It has a lot of different genres mixed in. The Measure by Nikki Ehrlich. At its base, it's a sci-fi, but it has romance, contemporary things, thrillery moments. Like this is a kind of edge of your seat book, too. So we follow eight ordinary people. And they all have one extraordinary choice. It seems like any other day, you wake up, you pour yourself a cup of coffee, and you head out for the day for like work or whatever. But today, when you open your front door, waiting for you is a small wooden box. This box holds your fate inside. The answer to the exact number of years that you will live. From suburban doorsteps to desert tents, every person on every continent receives the same box. In an instant, the world is thrust into a collective frenzy. Where did the boxes come from? What do they mean? Is there truth to what they promise? As society comes together and pulls apart, everyone faces the same shocking choice. Do they wish to know how long they'll live? And if so, what will they do with that knowledge? This is a book that I picked to read with my patrons over the summer when it released. We, every single person that read it, rated it four or five stars. Every single one of us. That is amazing. It is a debut. It is on the Goodreads Choice Awards. I voted for it. You should too. Um, Yeah, this is just, it's an amazing book. I cannot wait to see what they come out with next. It was emotional. It was heart pumping. It was just wild the things to think about and the conversations this was the perfect like buddy read group discussion book because everybody has a different answer to that question would you want to know why or why not what about your spouse what about your mom would you want to know would she want to tell you would she open her box like it's just wild so highly recommend the measure by nikki ehrlich all right, moving on to coworkers. Like if you have like an office office gift exchange or something like that, I thought we'll help you out. We'll give you some recommendations for coworkers. Yeah, so I chose a man called Uve by Frederick Bachman. This is just a cute humorous, sad, funny tale all wrapped into one. And Uve is the kind of man who points at people he dislikes as if they 
as if they were burglars caught outside his bedroom window. He has staunch principles, strict routines, and a very, very short fuse, which if you read this, you will definitely find out. So in one November morning, a chatty young couple with two chatty young daughters move in next door and accidentally flatten his mailbox. It is the lead-in to a comical and heartwarming tale of unkempt cats, unexpected friendship, and the ancient art of backing up a U-Haul, all of which will change one cranky old man and a local resident's association to their very foundations. Behind the cranky exterior, there's also a story and a sadness about the angry old man next door but i love this book and the way it explored the impact one life has on countless others how you can help each other be a community and i just feel like it makes sense to give your coworkers. i love that the community aspect i really like that so i chose something a little different a little different vibe i went with the other black girl by zakia delia harris and this is get out meets the stepford wives and it's a debut as well it's um about the tension that unfurls when two young black women meet against the starkly white backdrop of New York City book publishing. All right, best friend category. I was so excited for this one. So excited. So what would you recommend to get your best? I mean, if they haven't read it. I mean, most of our right. best friends are bookish people. So they probably already read these books. Right. But if they haven't, listen up, besties. This is what we're recommending. Exactly. <laughs> I read this book and knew I had to recommend it to basically every woman my age because I just fell in love with this. It was also so sad, but so relatable. It's called I'm Glad My Mom Died by Jeanette McCurdy. And I'm sure you've seen this book around, but I'm Glad My Mom Died is a dark, humorous memoir written by Jeanette McCurdy from iCarly. I'm sure that sounds familiar about her struggles as a former child actor, including eating disorders, addiction, and a complicated relationship with her overbearing mother and how she just retook control of her life. Jeanette was only six years old when she had her first acting audition and her mother's dream was for her only daughter to become a star and leading Jeanette to do anything to make her mother happy. These issues only got worse when her mother died of cancer, sadly, and finally after discovering therapy and quitting acting, Jeanette embarks on recovery and decides for the first time in her life what she really wants. This book was such an inspiring story of resilience and independence, but also discusses just a lot of topics I'm sure, again, a lot of women my age can relate to. Yeah, it sounds very relatable. And you're right. I saw this, like even people that don't read were reading this, which makes me so excited for her. Um, I also recently picked up this book. Oh, yay. <laughs> so I'm so excited to read it. You need um, to. Yeah. So I actually have the audiobook as well. Perfect. So I have the physical book and the audiobook. I'm like, I'm going to do both. Highly recommend the um, audio. Does she read it? Did you listen to the audio? She does. She does read it. Oh, and she yay. she chokes up a couple times. It's very oh. emotional. <laughs> Oh my it's I'm probably so going to cry. I'm going to need the tissues. <laughs> so if you give your best friend this book, pack some tissues. Yes, <laughs> totally agree. <laughs> um, okay, so my recommendation is Tiny Beautiful Things, Advice on Love and Life from Dear Sugar by Cheryl Strayed. So if you've heard that name before, Cheryl Strayed wrote Wild that hiking memoir type book. Um, so this is a compilation of Strayed's Dear Sugar advice columns, which works well for people who traditionally find books too long to commit to. The topics are varied and there's something in there for everyone, but it's all about like good advice for people in their like 20s, even 30s, just really life advice. Um, but she writes with like kindness, generosity, compassion, and wit that's absent so much in today's instant communication. Um, I also think special editions of your bestie's favorite book make great gifts. I love this idea. So, I mean, if they have a special book that they love, like it's their favorite book of all time, and you can find an alternate version, a different cover, a special edition, that. But I love our answers for that. I just... I feel like I'm going to be your bestie when I read the book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so now just moving on to your other friends, maybe your neighbors, you know, 
maybe people you know a little bit less than your besties, but you're still really good friends with them. So for this one, I chose Cackle by Rachel Harrison, especially for the female friends in your life. This one is about Annie, who has always played it nice and safe. After being unceremoniously dumped by her longtime boyfriend, Annie seeks a fresh start. She accepts a teaching position that moves her from Manhattan to a very small, quaint, tiny village. She's stunned by how perfect and picturesque the town is. The people are so friendly and warm, and her new apartment is dreamy me too minus the oddly persistent spider infestation oh mm. uh, i love that part though <laughs> <laughs> then annie meets sophie who takes a special interest in annie and wants to be her friend but more importantly she wants annie to stop apologizing and start living for herself annie can't help but gravitate toward the self-possessed sophie wanting to spend more and more time with her despite the fact that the rest of the townsfolk seem afraid of her sophie's appearance is uncanny and ageless her mansion is in the middle of the woods and it feels very unearthly and she does seem to wield a certain dark power i love this book so much because it's dark but it's funny it's also frightening but at the same time it's funny it's just this weird juxtaposition of all these different type of genres in this book and it's very much like the independent woman, I don't need no man. And I just, yeah, so good. <laughs> we love that. Um, I really want to read this. Um, I read Such Sharp Teeth um, in this month. Was it this month or was it last month? I think it was last month that I read it. Obsessed with her writing. Have not read Cat oh, you Have haven't. not read The Return. And ever since reading Such Sharp Teeth, I got it from the publisher. So it was like the first book that I read, you know, but I'm like, I need to go back. I need to read Cackle now. I need to read The Return now because her writing is just like you said, even in Such Sharp Teeth, it's like, it's kind of scary, but it's also humorous. So I'm so excited for that one. Yeah, I think you'll love it. All right. My recommendation is Since We Fell by Dennis Lee Han. And it starts off, interestingly enough, about our main character, Rachel, trying to persuade her mom to tell her who her father is. Her mother has never revealed his identity. And after her mother dies, Rachel, as an adult, hires a private investigator to help her. Oh, but what humble beginnings. So as the story unfolds, we continue to follow Rachel and her life as a journalist working her way through the ranks. On one of her globetrotting missions assignment, she suffers an on-air mental breakdown and loses her job and the life she built for herself. It's then and there that the one person who has always popped in and out of her life becomes the only one who can draw Rachel out of her funk. Thus begins the happily ever after that Rachel always dreamed of. But after a series of events that has Rachel questioning her husband's many overseas business trips, she begins to doubt him, then everything, and she gets sucked into a conspiracy thick with deception, violence, and madness. It's a slowly built and revealed masterpiece that has you on the edge of your seat thinking, what else until the very end? This was my favorite book of last year. Never heard anybody talking about it. It starts one way and it ends another. And you're like, how did we go from this to this? Moving on to other gift exchanges, other people you may have on your holiday shopping list. We have a few more recommendations for you. Um, what do you have? So I already mentioned this title earlier, and I just wanted to recommend just some winter thrillers that I'm always recommending to anyone, male, female, family, friends. The first one I have is Rock, Paper, Scissors by Alice Feeney, and in this one, things have been wrong with Mr. and Mrs. Wright for a long time. When Adam and Amelia went a weekend away to Scotland, it might be just what their marriage needs. Self-confessed workaholic and screenwriter Adam Wright has lived with face blindness his whole life, which I thought made this thriller very, very intriguing. He can't recognize friends or family or even his own wife. Even 
Every anniversary, the couple exchange traditional gifts, and each year, Adam's wife writes him a letter that she never lets him read until right now. They both know this weekend will make or break their marriage, but they didn't randomly win this trip. One of them is lying, and someone doesn't want them to live happily ever after. Ten years of marriage, ten years of secrets, and an anniversary they will never forget. Like I said, this is one of my favorite winter thrillers that's fast-paced and has that very intriguing element of face blindness that kind of sent me on this black hole of a deep dive because I had never known that was a thing until I read this book. And then Jennifer McMahon, I cannot do this podcast episode without recommending a Jennifer McMahon called The Winter People. This was one of, actually, I think the very first thrillers I've ever read. So maybe that has something to do with why I love it so much. But in this thriller, we this takes place in West Hall, Vermont. And it's always been a small town of strange disappearances and old legends. The most mysterious is that of Sarah Harrison Shea, who in 1908 was found dead in the field behind her house just months after the tragic death of her daughter. Now, in the present day, 19-year-old Ruthie lives in Sarah's farmhouse with her mother, Alice, and her younger sister. Alice has always insisted that they live off the grid, a decision that has weighty consequences when Ruthie wakes up one morning to find that Alice has vanished. She's disappeared. In her search for clues, she is startled to find a copy of Sarah Shea's diary hidden beneath the floorboards of her mother's bedroom. As Ruthie gets sucked into the historical mystery, she discovers that she's not the only person looking for someone that they've lost, but she may be the only one who can stop history from repeating itself. I will say I would compare this to Stephen King, but take it down a notch. So if you like Stephen King, this could possibly be another favorite. I don't know. Mm, I like that recommendation though. So, um, okay, my next recommendation, it's not a personal favorite of mine, but Goodreads has 4.13 average rating with 163,000 ratings, which that's wild that's for a crazy. book to have this high of a rating. And Goodreads doesn't lie. So it's Local Woman Missing by Mary Kabika. And in this one, Shelby Tebow is the first to go missing. Not long after, Meredith Dickey and her six-year-old daughter Delilah vanish just blocks away from where Shelby was last seen. Striking fear into their once peaceful community. Are these accidents connected? And after an elusive search that yields more questions than answers, the case eventually goes cold. Now, 11 years later, Delilah shockingly returns and everyone wants to know what happened to her, but no one is prepared for what they're going to find out. So like I said, not a personal favorite, but I think everybody that I know has loved it. So I think it was just like a me thing and not a book thing. So Local Woman Missing, Mary Kabika check it out. So that is a wrap on the best books to give us gifts this year. I hope we were able to make your holiday shopping a little less stressful, or at least give you dear listeners some great book recommendations. Again, special editions of books are great gifts. Also book box subscriptions like book of the month, Aardvark book club. Um, and if you want to go like the super easy route, gift cards, like I said, that way they can pick out exactly what they want. Well, this was so much fun. Thank you so much for having me. And also this gave me some great ideas for gifts of my own as well, because you gave me recommendations. I gave you recommendations. Do you see why my TBR is overflowing? <laughs> Talk Book is to Me is a bi-weekly podcast bringing you book discussions, recommendations, and literary topics galore. Follow me on Instagram at talkbookish podcast rate and review the podcast on apple and spotify also the link for patreon is in the show notes along with the links for live social media until next time happy reading